If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Joe Biden talked about the new world order. What does that mean? We have this week in wokeism. We have Emma Jo Morris coming on, talking about the Hunter Biden laptop. Who's this Jackson lady trying to get on the Supreme Court? Packed show tonight on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time to talk about the economy. Do you know any conspiracy theorists? Uh, You know what? I take that back. Have you known any in the past, and that's how you referred to them, or that's how other people referred to them? I'll be honest. When I was a kid, we were born in Ohio, and we moved to Montana. It was fun. Old man found some work out there. We wanted to go hunting and fishing and just live a Montana life. Well, maybe you've heard before of the Montana militia groups. Because Montana's the fourth biggest state, but there's only like 900,000 people there. There's all kinds of space and mountains, and it's easy to hide. And apparently, I've never been to the camps, so don't ask me, they have a bunch of different militia groups out there, super anti-government types. And I remember one day, my old man came home from work. He was a construction guy. Came home from work, and he had encountered one of these militia guys out on the job. That was all very polite and friendly. The guy wasn't out there shooting, shooting at anybody or anything like that. It was just part of the job, and he belonged to one of the militia groups. And the guy was talking to my dad about the FBI. And he was talking about how the FBI is getting packed full of communists. 
and they're going to start aiming only at people on the right, and they're going to ignore everyone in the Democratic Party. And I remember my dad coming home, and we sat down, and we, he, we was just a passing conversation. We had to talk about this. And you know what we both said? <laughs> these, these conspiracy theorists, I'll tell you what. Why are all the conspiracies coming true? You see, for years, I've had people I've known, they've told me, they're trying to wreck the country on purpose. And maybe I was young and naive. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I was an idiot. Still am an idiot, so the chances of that are pretty strong. But I would always dismiss that as, no, no, they're not trying to wreck the country. Why, why would people who reside in the country try to wreck the country? That doesn't make any sense. No, they just, they're a little wrong-headed. They're just, not, they're just getting this wrong or that wrong. Quit being a conspiracy theorist. I've said the words. Yeah, I was wrong. These people are trying to wreck the country. If you've seen the things I've seen, and I know you have, it goes way beyond gas prices. The price of everything is through the roof right now. The border is officially overrun. They're trying to teach your kindergartner to be a transsexual. And they're trying to push us into World War III. And if you're looking around at all this right now, and you're just mortified, especially by the economy. I mean, people are are not buying beef now. Beef prices are going up so much. We're looking at $4 a pound, $5, $6 a pound. That's what they're telling me might be coming. You're looking around and you're horrified. And you're saying to yourself, what what are they going to do to fix this? Why won't they fix this? Well, it's important that you understand these people don't think this is going poorly. We've worked together on the American Rescue Plan, on COVID, on infrastructure, supply change, innovation, climate, clean energy, reducing costs, and a whole lot more. And our strategy has worked, I believe, and I think it's still working. I'm sorry? Hold on, maybe this is broken. I would have swore, I would have swore the president just said the strategy is working. Well, look, we can make all the jokes we want. In their minds, it is working. Destruction is the goal. You can never understand these people. You can never see what's coming next until you wake up and realize that conspiracy theorist you've always known was absolutely right. They're trying to wreck the country. Uh, Mao said it. I've, said, I've told you this before. This is a famous Mao quote. There is no construction without destruction. So if you're wondering why they're trying to destroy the country, understand that's why communism has wrecked so much and it's killed so many people. Yeah, they want to build this new communist world, but in their minds, they have to destroy everything that is first. uh, Look, speaking of conspiracy theorists, how many times in your life, it's undoubtedly happened, have you heard somebody say something to you about the new world order? Oh, they want to create a new world order. And I'm positive, I don't remember specifics, but I've done so much political stuff from running for office and whatnot, I'm sure someone said it to me. Hey, what about the New World Order? And you know what I probably did? Oh, brother, here we go. Conspiracy theorists. Yeah, um, they're just saying it out loud now. You know, we are at an inflection point, I believe, in the world economy. Not just the world economy, in the world. It occurs every three or four generations. As one of as the uh, one of the top military people said to me in a secure meeting the other day, 60, 60 million people died between 1900 and 1946, and uh, since then we established a liberal world order, and that hadn't happened in a long while. A lot of people died, but nowhere near the chaos. 
And now is a time when things are shifting. We're going to there's going to be a new world order out there, and we've got to lead it. I just it's, want to make sure I rewind and, and cap that. He was told, in order to get this liberal world order that he loves now, 60 million people had to die. And he's looking forward to the next one? You see, it's not a conspiracy theory. The people who run the West, the people who run the world now, the elites, if that's what you want to call them, it seems like they're trying to destroy everything because they're trying to destroy everything. And they're trying to destroy everything because they believe the freedoms you have are wrong. They believe all this liberal Western democracy, whatever word you want to put on it, the limits put on their power by Western nations are wrong. They don't believe those limits should exist. They believe they are kings and queens, and they should be able to rule as kings and queens. And they're going to do what they have to do to bring about that new world order. And if that involves destroying everything you love and care about, well, that's exactly what they'll do. And that leads me to this. It is time for this week in wokeism. Because why would anyone sign up for that? I mean, that sounds terrible, right? Why, why would you sign up for it? Jesse, no one's going to do that. Who, who would agree to do that? Well, all you have to do is teach someone to hate this place. It's not difficult. Teach someone to hate this place, and then they'll sign up for your plan to destroy this place. What do they want? What do they want to destroy? Everything. Everything. It's a religion, remember. It's a religion of destruction and domination. Are you looking forward to the new Disney movie out there? Maybe you've seen the previews for it. I'll be honest with you. I've seen the previews for it. Took the kiddos to another movie, and all of a sudden this preview comes out of there's a new... You remember the Toy Story movies and Buzz Lightyear? There's a new Disney movie coming out called Lightyear. It's about Buzz Lightyear and I guess his early years or whatnot. Ooh, that's exciting, right? Yeah, do you know they're putting a lesbian kiss in that movie? And I don't mean uh, tripped over a box and accidentally kissed a woman. Ha, 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 let's have a funny joke. I mean in response to Florida passing a bill saying, don't talk to my kindergartner about sex, Disney, out of protest, is now mixing in a lesbian kiss in the new movie just for your kiddos. Why? I mean, there was a walkout in Disney headquarters in California today over this whole thing. Why? You remember Sesame Street. We've played it for you before on the phone, on the show, pushing this stuff. Why? Nickelodeon Jr. Not just Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon Jr. for little kids. We've played you videos before pushing this stuff. Why? What's this have to do with New World Order? They want to break your kids. It's not, it's not just that they want them this way or that way. They want them broken. They want them broken emotionally and mentally. And most importantly, they want them broken away from you. Oh, mom and dad. Old-fashioned mom and dad. <laughs> Family values. That's so stupid. Your parents are old and out of touch. They're defending a racist system, a misogynistic system, a bigoted system. You should want to burn the system down. If it seems like they're after your kids, it's because they're after your kids. They're not walking around and, whoops, wrecked another kid. They wake up every day focused on breaking your kids. When they sit down now and write a Disney movie, 
They're not sitting there saying, we should have good guys and bad guys and, oh, big explosions. And we should have this be inspirational. Hey, Marty, make sure we have good music. Oh, they may be saying that too, but they're sitting down now and they're saying, how can we break the kids? Who in the world would make a Disney movie and have a couple lesbians making out in it? Disney would. Oh, what's Disney? Only the largest child-focused corporation on the planet. Are you asking the right questions? Do you realize exactly how much trouble we're in? Disney owns ESPN. Not that I think you were watching the game because no one watches women's basketball, but if you were watching the game, well, here's what you saw in response to a bill that simply said, don't talk to my kindergartner about sex. Courtney Lyle, Carolyn Peck. Now, normally at this time, we would take a look back at the first half, but there are things bigger than basketball that need to be addressed at this time. Our friends, our family, our coworkers, the players and coaches in our community are hurting right now. And at 3 o'clock, about eight minutes ago, our LGBTQIA plus teammates at Disney asked for our solidarity and support, including our company's support, in opposition to the parental rights in education bill in the state of Florida and similar legislature across the United States. And a threat to any human rights is a threat to all human rights. And at this time, Courtney and I, we're going to take a pause from our broadcast to show our love and support for our friends, our families, and our colleagues. Can't even watch a women's basketball game anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was funny. It's not like anyone is. But look, again, they don't sit down and say, let's just talk about some women's hoops. Passing, dribbling. Look at that defense. Woohoo! That was an amazing layup. No. It would never occur to them to sit down and just broadcast the game. They sit down and they think, how can I break something? How can I break this nation? How can I make sure I'm pushing my sick worldview onto everyone else? You better start understanding the destruction is intentional. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got Hunter Biden, we got big tech censorship, we have a wild, wild light in the mood tonight. All that is coming up tonight on I'm Right. But first, home title theft can be difficult to understand. I know because I didn't understand it. I didn't even know what it was. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know my home title was online. And then one day I get an email. Hold on. What? I'm looking at my home title and it has my signature. Looks like my signature and my wife's signature on it. You see, they hack into your home title, which is online. They steal it. They take loans out against it and you have to pay it back or they'll evict you from your home. People are getting evicted from their homes because of home title theft. Don't think it can't happen to you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up today so it doesn't happen to you. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Who doesn't love the Babylon Bee? It's become a staple for everybody on the right. As you watch all around you, the world goes crazy. You go to the Babylon Bee and you get a laugh. Well, I mean, maybe a little harder to find these days because they just caught a temporary suspension from Twitter. What for? For declaring Rachel Levine to be man of the year. 
<laughs> Joining me now, Seth Dillon, of course, who the Babylon Bee is his baby, and he's done an outstanding job with it. All right, Seth, first and foremost, temporary suspension, right? You are, you are coming back. Well, that, that all depends, I guess. I mean, they, they, it's a 12-hour suspension, but the clock doesn't start ticking until we delete that tweet. So we're kind of like, I mean, when they, when they ask you to delete the tweet, they say, uh, do you acknowledge that you have in fact engaged in hateful conduct, yes or no? Like you gotta check that box to delete the tweet. And we're saying, we're not doing that. We, we haven't engaged in hateful conduct. In fact, this is a joke that happens to be true. It's making a true point. And we stand by the point that it's making. And so we're not, we're not willing to de delete the tweet. And so we're currently stuck right now in this kind of limbo where our account is live on Twitter. We just can't use it. Seth, this is not the first time they've gone after the Babylon Bee, the various powers that be. And, and I, I just, I'm curious why it makes them so angry. It's just a satire site, is it not? Why does it aggravate them so much? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, they can dish it, but they can't take it. I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. You know, the left loves to ridicule people who disagree with them. They do not like to be ridiculed or mocked. They don't like to have their ideas ridiculed or mocked. And as you know, they're not very good at defending their ideas. And so when, when someone comes after them making really good arguments or making jokes that make their ideas look silly or the sacred cows that they're protecting look silly, uh, you know, they bristle, they don't like it, they wanna, they wanna stop it. Instead of engaging you in debate or just muting you, they could mute you if they don't wanna listen to you. They wanna de-platform you and take you down. And they've done it a number of ways with us. I mean, they've accused us of misinformation, now it's hate speech. You know, the hate speech thing is the new thing. They have this whole uh, policy against punching down and making fun of people you're not supposed to make fun of. Um, and so, you know, we reject the whole punching down thing anyway. I don't think that there should be people who are off limits. It's not like, you know, we're all, if we're all created equally, then we should be able to joke about each other indiscriminately. That's my view on the whole thing. But, and I think we're punching up, if anything, because a lot of these ideas that we're attacking come from the top down, you know, and the, and the, and the people that are supposedly marginalized and oppressed are people who can get you fired if you simply make fun of them and hurt their feelings. They have more power than I do. Uh, if there's a list of people you can't criticize, that's the list of people who are in charge. I think that's a Voltaire quote, although obviously not exact. But all right, now, Babylon B, obviously, again, it's a humor site. It's a satire site. It's freaking hysterical. But somehow you guys keep getting it right with predictions, and I'd like to know why. I'm Federalist did a piece on it that you guys were joking about the White House getting TikTokers before the White House actually got TikTokers about Vice President Dome turning to Hillary Clinton. I mean, there are seven gigantic ones where you were making a joke and it turned out to be right. Why? Well, I think it's the challenge of trying to stay a step ahead of reality when reality is, is heading in insane directions, right? It's, it's the same thing, you know, The Simpsons has repeatedly gotten things right. South Park is getting things right. Um, and it's when, you know, satire by its nature exaggerates the truth to make a point. And so we're going in the direction the truth is already pointing. It's just a matter of when the truth catches up to us, when reality catches up to us. And in this absurd age that we're living in, it's catching up to us very rapidly. Sometimes some of our stories, which we call them fulfilled prophecies when they come true, some of them have come true the same day that we've written the joke. Sometimes it's <laughs> the next day. Sometimes it's a, a week later. It, it occasionally takes two years, but the fact that it's coming true so quickly after we make these jokes is just a, it's, it's funny, but it's also extremely disconcerting. It is disconcerting, and you brought up how just how crazy everything is now. Seth, why does it feel, does it just feel like everything's ramping up so fast, or is everything ramping up so fast? And if it is, why? Why now? What is turning everything from zero to 100 all of a sudden? 
That's a really good question. Uh, I, I do more observation of what is happening than what and then pondering why it's happening. Um, and part of that just has to do with the nature of the work that we're doing and, and where our head needs to be at in order to, to engage in the project of satire. Um, but, you know, it's it, it certainly I, it certainly feels that way. And I don't know if social media amplifies that. I think probably the way that we communicate, the tools that we use to communicate, the way that things go viral and the way that we interact with each other and the way these algorithms are designed to feed you things that are, you know, outrageous and, and will and generate engagement. Um, I think that certainly plays a part in how things feel like they're accelerating. But I think they are accelerating. I don't think it's just our, our perception. I think it's reality. Finally, the vice president had another banner moment this weekend. I'm sure you've seen it. Here it is. The governor and I, and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children. So profound. She is, I mean, look, as much as I disagree with her on the issues, she is a professional politician who's spoken publicly for years, is she not? Yeah, and this has all the feel, Jesse, of like, what are these, uh, you know, high school papers where you have a word count and you have to try to hit the word yes. count. And so you're just like mashing the keyboard, filling in random words. It's like <laughs> a salad, you know. It's really nuts, man. I, I, I listen to this woman sometimes and I just I have to I shake my head and I wonder how in the world did she get to where she currently is? And people have, you know, their ideas of how that happened. But, um, you know, it's, it's just shocking. It's absolutely shocking. What If you think about it, Jesse, the significance of the passage of time. Has she thought about it? <laughs> oh, Seth, still in the Babylon Bee. Hope to see you guys back soon. But the website's obviously still up. Go to the Babylon Bee every day. I do. Go, thank you, my brother. Thank you. All right. Emma Jo Morris, she was one of the reporters to first break all this Hunter Biden laptop stuff. And look, this is a family-friendly show, and this, this will be family-friendly as well. But I've heard some things and had some people send me some things over the weekend. There are some things on that laptop that go way beyond anything, at least that I thought I knew. And I don't mean like financial dealings or making it look bad for Joe. There's stuff on there with children. And we're going to ask Emma Joe Morris about that and more coming up next. But first, we just talked about big tech. And here's the truth. I know you probably have one of the big email accounts from one of the big email companies. You have a Gmail account? You have one of those? And I know it's common. I know it's easy. But you understand they're collecting all the information, right? Everything you send. Nothing is safe. Every single thing you send, everything you see, every single thing you receive, they're gathering all of it. And not only are they gathering it, they're selling your information off to other people. That's how these places make money. You need some kind of secure communications in the future. And if you go get secure, S-E-K-U-R, you can actually be safe in the knowledge that they're not collecting your data. They're based out of Switzerland, so it doesn't even matter what laws they pass here. Your emails are safe. If you go to secure.com, use the promo code JESSE, you can get it for $7.50 a month. 
Secure.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Director, a bunch of questions from this. Let me just start with this. How much does the source matter, right? So you hear the story of this laptop. We don't know a lot. We do know that the, the way that this information is getting out is through Steve Bannon and Rudy Giuliani. How much uh, do the, the, does the source matter here? Well, source matters a lot, and, uh, and the timing matters a, a lot, I think. And to me, this is uh, this classic uh, textbook uh, Soviet-Russian uh, tradecraft at work. Classic. Those stinking Soviets. Dang it. They're always, they're always in on it. Joining me now, Emma Jo Morris. She's, of course, the great Breitbart News political editor, one of the reporters who actually broke the Hunter Biden laptop thing. Emma, before we get into everything else, honestly, the most disturbing part of this whole thing for me has not been the media cover-up. Yeah, our media is putrid and disgusting and enemy of the people and anything you can say about that. It's that we have spy chief after spy chief after spy chief getting in on the lie. Exactly how corrupt is our CIA? Yeah, I mean, they that was the crazy thing that kind of came of this was it showed not only coordination between the Democratic Party and the media, but the security state, too. Uh, it was quite something. And I love that clip of uh, Clapper because he, it's such propaganda and nonsense. It's it's stunning. And since when does the source matter to a news story if a journalist verifies it? For instance, uh, in not so long ago, the New York Times received um, Donald Trump's tax returns in the mail anonymously. And there was no way to, to figure out who the source was, let alone whether they were Rudy Giuliani or whatever. Um, it could have been anybody. It could have been somebody inside the IRS who hates Trump. It could have been somebody, you know, who was working for Trump, who was maybe a disgruntled employee. There was no way to know. But they not only got them anonymously, but they, like journalists do, verified it and printed it. It doesn't matter. There's nothing in journalism school. There's no lesson that says that a source being untoward in any way has to do with the newsworthiness or uh, ability to publish a story. That's nonsense. Okay, I think I speak for a lot of people when we, I mean, I understand the media is gross and we all understand what the standards are. If it's criticizing a Democrat, you have to have the best sources in the world and even then it won't matter. If it's criticizing a Republican, you can just get it in the mail like you just talked about with the New York Times. Okay, so we have a broken media. How do we unbreak it? How do we fix it? How, how do we fix what we have? Because right now having a media that is against half the country is not going to work. No, definitely not. Um, I think that there's multiple ways that it gets fixed. Obviously, the first is having venues like this and, and like Breitbart, you know, where there is alternative media out there where the entire ecosystem is not necessarily in lockstep and that there is some sort of media criticism from inside the system and also alternative sources to get news that you're seeing on all the other sites. Um, the second thing is something that I, I wrote in a column for Breitbart.com it just published uh, this weekend. And I, the point of the column is basically to say that they don't need to come out and do some sort of grand apology. I mean, that would be nice, obviously, and that would be definitely appropriate for the way that they acted, which was obviously disgusting. But the thing with this all is that, you know, what I say in my column is ink stains. And, you know, we can pull up 
the reporting from October of 2020 by Politico, by the New York Times, those were the two probably most egregious ones. Maybe NPR is up there as well. But all that stuff is still up there. And um, as this story keeps coming up, which it does, because Joe Biden is the president and Hunter has these legal woes that seem to not be going away, this keeps coming back up. People keep having to kind of walk back their previous claims. And that must cause their readers to pause and say like wait a second this isn't what i heard back then what do you mean this is real what do you mean the uh, the laptop's authentic i thought that was russian propaganda you know what i mean so they can always go back and we have the records to always go back and say look at these liars look at what they do and what else are they doing this about emma all right now this is this is going to be a difficult question for me to ask so just bear with me for a moment because it's a family show and I know people sit down and watch this with their kids, so I want to be careful about this. Uh, I haven't seen the hard drive. I've had it offered to me. I just haven't had a chance to look at it. I have had people, close friends, who have seen it, and they've described things for me on there that, honestly, they. I took. I needed a couple hours to get myself back together. I have seen a couple pictures floating around of what might be on there, and I'm not talking about financial corruption. I'm talking about things with Hunter Biden and freaking children. Uh, this is your story, not my story. Is that stuff on there? Because this is a whole different conversation if the things that have been described to me are actually on there. No, uh, no. Uh, okay. No. <laughs> I've heard that claim okay. before. I've even seen the photos floating around. People constantly put them on as replies to my tweets. Um, I block those people. That is... Okay. No. Uh, there's nothing okay. like that. I talking to you right now if there was i would probably be arrested <laughs> there's no child okay. porn on this thing it's fake news okay good now the whole joe biden hunter biden bribery thing how much connection do we see on there everyone knows about 10 percent for the big guy everyone's brought that up about a thousand times by now but is there more actual physical evidence on there that hunter and joe are tied financially in ugly ways uh, yeah. So, well, there's the deals, obviously, that Joe Biden was being, you know, taking cuts in. Um, and then there's also things just like talking about paying bills. Uh, you know, there's obviously that infamous text from Hunter to his daughter saying, basically, he's he's talking to her about how hard work is and, and how she needs to, you know, be successful on her own. And he says, but unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. So there was that statement that was... Obviously, I mean, what else does that mean? He's paying for Joe Biden's expenses. And then there are also obvious expenses that are listed in emails. You know, he'll get bills for things he paid for, for example, a renovation of Joe Biden's house, uh, just like stuff like that, phone bills. Uh, he is obviously like, you know, there are receipts of him paying Joe Biden's expenses. All right. All right. Now, you obviously challenged the powers that be to even break something like this. What did you go through when you broke it? Um, I, a lot. <laughs> I obviously, um, you know, listen, when I broke this story the day before I broke it, sorry, the night before, obviously it was a very, like, it was a sleepless night. I didn't get it. I don't think a wink of sleep. And Steve Bannon texted me. Uh, he was my source, obviously, for this, which I wrote in the original story. And he texted me, um, I think your life is about to change. And this was maybe 10 hours till we were going to publish. And oh. I, I wrote I, I think so too, but I don't know for better or worse. And he said, <laughs> which, which was very prescient. He, he wrote back, um, there's a 
a price to a ticket for the greatest show on earth. Oh, that's actually and really that cool. Was, oh. Yeah, that was that was very true. Listen, the media came after me personally. They absolutely, you know, did a rectal on all my social media. They tried to, you know, say that I'm too young to have reported the story because I was like 27 or 28 at the time. Um, they tried to say that because I had previously worked for Hannity at Fox News, I was a producer there, that that damaged my credibility. Uh, they they went after me personally. They, you know, and then obviously you have the people who follow them who are, you know, flooding my inbox, uh, flooding my wife's inbox uh, with messages, like kind of like menacing messages. Um, there was a lot of drama. Uh, and then, yeah, just like hit piece after hit piece against me. Um, and obviously attacking my story as Russian disinformation, which in fact was the worst insult of them all. I, I'm no one's dupe. I don't work for anybody except the American people. And obviously, you know, my bosses who literally pay my rent. But, you know, I, I wasn't trying to do anything for the Kremlin and I didn't do anything for the Kremlin knowingly or unknowingly that really upset me but listen it all comes out in the wash because I'm sitting here with you now um, I have a great job uh, life has gone basically back to normal ish <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're here and and we're looking for the next golden calf to turn to scrap metal that's what we do we're journalists right don't do it Emma proud of you go get them thank you all right we have more what about this Jackson lady? She wants to be on the Supreme Court. She's probably going to be on the Supreme Court, let's be honest. What's her record like? It's more than just being nice to child predators. We'll talk, about, we'll talk to Mike Davis about that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, tis the season. No, not that season. Not that season at all. It's pollen season. You know what I'm talking about. We're all going through it right now. Pretty much everybody has some form of allergy out there, especially now. Maybe it's your eyes. That's where I always got it, my eyes. Maybe, maybe you get a runny nose. Maybe your ears itch. Do you have an Eden Pure Thunderstorm? Do you have three Eden Pure Thunderstorms? You know it does in your home the same thing nature does after a thunderstorm. That's why they called it that. It's constantly cleaning the air in your home. You can smell it. You can taste it after you plug one in. And it's just this little black thing. goes right in the wall. I own three of them. And now I don't own any allergy medication anymore. It does more than just kill viruses and mold. Go to EdenPureDeals.com because they have a deal for you. For my viewers, if you use the code JESSE, you get a three-pack for under $200. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. As you said, the guideline was based originally on uh, a, a statutory scheme and on directives, specific directives by Congress at a time in which more serious child pornography offenders were identified based on the volume, based on the number of photographs that they received in the mail. And that made totally total sense before when we didn't have the internet, when we didn't have distribution, but the way that the guideline is now structured based on that set of circumstances is leading to extreme disparities in the system. Courts are adjusting their sentences in order to account for the changed circumstances.
that sounds like defending child porn guys. But hey, what do I know? I'm just a community college guy. Mike Davison. Uh, joining me now, Mike Davis. He's the founder and president of the Article 3 Project, former law clerk for Gorsuch, I might add. Mike, all right, look, I'm just a humble community college guy, but that sure sounds like someone who wants to be on the Supreme Court is defending giving light sentences to people who uh, traffic in child porn. That is 100% true, and this has been a 25-year pet project for Katanji Brown Jackson going back to her Harvard Law School days when she wrote a published note in the Harvard Law Review arguing that uh, sex offender registries are unconstitutionally punitive. When she served on the United States Sentencing Commission from 2010 to 2014, uh, the Sentencing Commission, their job is to recommend sentencing ranges to Congress and federal prosecutors uh, for the various crimes. She took it on her own initiative as a commissioner. Usually it's you're doing incoming. What does Congress or what does the attorney general or what do other judges want us to look at? On her own initiative in 2012, uh, she made uh, child pornography. Uh, these cases make up less than 2% of the federal docket, but she made uh, providing lighter sentences to uh, people who possess and distribute child pornography one of her issues and then when she became a district court judge in dc a federal district court judge for eight years out of the seven cases that we could find where she had discretion on these child porn cases judge jackson sentenced these predators to uh to uh sentences below what the guidelines recommended and what the uh the prosecutors recommended so this is this is not a one-off thing this is a 25-year pattern as evidenced by her public record okay uh, mike maybe this is the wrong question to ask a lawman but i can't help but ask it that's so bizarre. Every, everyone hears the, the words child porn. I didn't want to say it on the show. And they want to vomit in the trash can and throw the book at somebody. That's a bizarre cause for someone to take up. Do you have any idea why? That, that needs to be asked of Judge Jackson at this hearing. But I'll tell you, her yeah. position is there is a, she thinks there is a, uh, that there are people who, so child porn is child rape. These kids cannot consent. So we need to remember, this is child rape. And there yep. is, there are people who uh, who rape the kids and there are people who watch other oh. people watch raping the kids. And she, she thinks the people who are watching it should not be penalized as, as harshly as we do now, which is uh, five, five years in prison for people who uh, possess and distribute child pornography. Good, okay. Apparently, those sickos aren't the only ones she loves. She's got a history also with Gitmo. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so she was a federal public defender uh, in D.C. for many years, and it's her job to take on the worst of the worst cases, murderers, rapists, terrorists, whatever. So she represented Gitmo detainees during that time. I would say that she sought them out, but even so, that's her job as a federal defender. When she left the federal defender's office and went to a private law firm, Morrison and Forrester, MOFO, in Washington, D.C., I was at law firms for a long time, and you have limited time in private practice to take on free legal matters. One of her issues that she took on at MOFO is she provided her, her Harvard Law School credential, her Supreme Court clerkship credential to advocate for, uh, for habeas rights for, for Gitmo detainees, right? And she did this, and after her advocacy all the way to the Supreme Court of the United States, Justice Kennedy joined the four liberals and took her position that these 
terrorists have uh, habeas rights. Since this time, 729 have been released from Gitmo, 229 have returned to terrorist activities, and 12 have killed six Americans. So Judge Jackson's two pet projects are child predators and terrorists who kill Americans. So just just want to make sure I'm clear about this. Not only does the woman let child rapists out of jail, she's also responsible in some way for terrorists killing Americans. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad. We, look, is there anything else on her stellar resume we should know about? Because she's doing well so far. I mean, I, if I were uh, any senator, I, that would be a, a hell no from me when her nomination came up uh, for a vote. All right, we have, everyone remembers the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. Everyone remembers the accusations that this absolute choir boy was some kind of serial gang rapist alcoholic. Well, apparently the GOP is going to remind everyone of that, but not necessarily play the same game. Here's Lindsey Graham. How would you feel if somebody up here on our side said, you know, you attend church too much for me or your faith is a little bit different to me? and they would suggest that it would affect your decision. Would you find that offensive? Senator, I'm, I'm... I would if I were you. I found it offensive when they said it about Judge Barrett. The reason I ask these questions is I have no doubt that your faith is important to you and I have zero doubt that you can adjudicate people's cases fairly if they're an atheist. If I had any doubt, I would, I, I would say so. But the only reason I mention this, Judge, you're reluctant to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. Just imagine what would happen if people on late night television called you an effing nut speaking in tongues because you've practiced the Catholic faith in a way they uh, couldn't relate to or found uncomfortable. So, Judge, you should be proud of your faith. I am convinced that whatever faith you have and how often you go to church, it will not affect your ability to be fair. And I just hope going in the future that we all can accept that and that uh, Judge Barrett, I thought, was treated very, very poorly. Well, I'm sure the Democrats up there are overwhelmed with guilt of their past behavior and they will, they will change how they conduct themselves in the future. What say you, Mike? So I was the chief counsel for nominations on that committee during the Kavanaugh fight, the staff leader during the Kavanaugh fight. I saw it all. We need, uh, I, I, uh, I, I think what we need to do is focus on Judge Katanji Brown Jackson's record, and that includes her advocacy to free Gitmo terrorists who killed Americans and her advocacy to, for leniency for people who uh, possess and distribute child pornography. And we need to hammer that message uh, from here until their vote. Are we hammering the message? Because it seems like we're doing a lot of looking back. I, I, I mean, I see some people obviously out there hammering it. Are we all hammering it? Are we hammering it hard enough? I, I wish people would start, stop talking about uh, these extraneous issues like dark money and all this other nonsense. Let's focus on Judge Jackson and her record. Okay, what's the accountability project? Because we did a little thing earlier in the show about the Hunter Biden laptop. And Mike, man, there's, there's, in my opinion, uglier stuff in there than some payoffs to daddy. Yeah, I mean, that. so uh, the, the New York Post got censored by big tech for before the election, that big tech colluded with big media to censor the New York Post, the oldest newspaper in America, the oldest continuous newspaper in America, because they were reporting that Hunter Biden had this laptop and this laptop has very damning evidence, not only on Hunter Biden, but also on then candidate uh, Joe Biden, including 10% of the big guys. So we're talking 
you know, there are issues of foreign corruption. There are issues of bribery. This needs to be fully explored. This should have been vetted, explored before the election. But the big tech oligarchs, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Apple, along with big media, CNN, Washington Post, and the other fake news outlets, I've made sure the, the American people didn't get to see this information before the election. Mike Davis, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. It's tornado season. We just experienced that here in Texas. We have a wild video for you coming up on Lighten the Moon. You know, I've been through some natural disasters. I mean, specifically hurricanes and typhoons. By the way, a typhoon is a hurricane. They just call it something different on the other side of the planet. It's a long story. I've been through a ton of hurricanes. And I've been on the record several times as saying people make way too much of hurricanes. Now, I understand there are, there are obviously examples where a lot of people have died in hurricanes, where levees break and people drown. Or especially in you know, a third world country where the building construction isn't that solid, they can blow over and get people killed. I, I know that. But for the most part, in America, if it's a hurricane and it's not too bad, just get in a building, go to sleep, sip on a cup of tea, read a book, have a beer, pass out, wake up, it'll be gone, there'll be some debris on the ground, go clean it up. So that's hurricanes. Tornadoes, however, are a very different thing. I've actually never been through one of those. But I have several friends who have been, Oklahoma, North Texas, so on and so forth. And the way they describe these things, it is eerie. And I was almost in one once. The tornado sirens were going off in town. And I will tell you, we walked outside and the tornado sirens were going off. And the sky was doing weird things. And it had weird colors. And it was eerie, extremely eerie. You could feel it in the air. Tornadoes, they'll kill you. And whoever's driving this truck for our Light in the Mood section, if he is not a believer in Jesus before, I guarantee he is now. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.